Welcome to Beyond the Tools, the podcast that helps contractors attract more leads, grow their business, and finally get off the tools. In each episode, you'll discover marketing tactics that work. You'll get actionable insights from other successful contractors and connect with experts to help you grow. I'm your host, Crystal Hobbs, owner of a social media agency that helps contractors attract and convert more leads. Get ready to take your business to the next level so you can finally enjoy the fruits of your hard labor. Ready? Let's go. Hey, contractors, welcome back to episode 24 of the Beyond the Tools podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Hobbs, and today I actually have another Crystal to introduce you to. Crystal Williams is the founder and marketing strategist of Lemon Seed Marketing, and she grew up in the heating and cooling business with her family's HVAC business located in East Texas. She's still involved with McWilliams and Son Heating and Air Conditioning, and she's got her newest venture, Lemon Seed Marketing, which provides a holistic approach to helping contractors create, implement, and track successful marketing plans for their business. So today, Crystal and I really get into how you can dominate your market, and honestly, in ways that you probably haven't thought of before. Crystal is an absolute powerhouse when it comes to long-term marketing, marketing that's going to help your company stand the test of time and be successful year after year. I learned so much from this conversation, and I know you guys are absolutely going to love it. So let's get right to Crystal and hear what she has to say. I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, Crystal Williams of Lemon Seed Marketing. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. You know, I can talk to anyone at any time, but you're probably one of my favorites just from our warm up conversations. And so I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes, my team was like a crystal and crystal episode like it has to happen. Sounds fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So Crystal, tell me a little bit about where you start when you're working with one of your home service business clients. Like, the marketing strategy, a lot of them tend to kind of neglect that step and skip right to the tactics. So where do you begin when it comes to your marketing strategy? <laughs> so, you know, Living Seed is built on auditing and organizing and a structured marketing approach um, for home service companies. And so a lot of times, the first thing I really like to do is just a good, healthy audit of what is currently going on. And that sounds like super simple and not a lot to do, but a lot of contractors will say, well, I don't really do anything for marketing, but then I'll say, so you're not in any magazines. Oh yeah, I I do do a magazine. So you don't do social media. Oh yeah, I do a little bit of social media. Oh, so you don't have a website. Oh yeah. You know, so I go through and I just like to audit across any tactics that I can find, what things that have been done, things that they've been doing, and then how much were they really invested in the success of that tactic? So yeah, I did a billboard for three years, but I never changed the graphic. It kind of fell down. It wasn't ever lit and it wasn't on brand, right? So I just like to go in and do a healthy audit and look and see, is everything consistent? 
is everything on brand. And that's really where I get started. And then I love to have a good conversation with the contractors about their expectations of what, how they thought their current marketing should have performed Mm. versus how it actually performed. Right. Yeah. So when it comes to that, I guess, do you see a lot of misalignment with what their expectations were and how it happened? A lot of people know, I think a lot of contractors really know that they're disorganized. Like they know it normally it's like the first within the first three or four sentences of our discovery call that we have is listen, Crystal, I do this and that. I don't have any strategy behind it. If I like the lady that comes in to sell it to me, or if I like the dude or whatever, I'm going to buy it and try it and see if it works. And they also have no way to measure it. It blows my mind. Like they're just like, it didn't work. And I'll say, how do you know it didn't work? Well, uh, nobody called and said they saw my billboard. Well, that's not how billboards work. It's <laughs> <laughs> not how it works. So, right. you know, it, it's always an interesting conversation. But yeah, I notice a lot of times it is just very haphazard uh, because contractors, are, we're smart people. They're smart people. They know, I mean, many of them are way smarter and know more about marketing than, them, than they give themselves credit for. They may not know how to build a holistic strategy. But they know kind of what would work in their market. But I think the biggest thing is they just throw it because they can't fit it on their plate, if you will. They just throw money at things. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. I'm going to say 75% of the time, it's a hot mess when I get it. Mm. So where do you start once you, you know, you discover you got a hot mess on your hands? Where do you start to clean that up? Yeah. So I just kind of start looking at like, where, what were they doing? So what were their branding strategies? Sounds fancy, but really I go look and say, where were you running something that was specifically just to keep your name top of mind? Not a $49 tune-up or not a $99 drain clearing, not a panel inspection. This is a straight, you know, crystals heating and air conditioning company with my logo. We're not comfortable till you are, right? Um, I go look at what they're what they were doing for branding. Nine times out of ten, it's a big fat zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I go look at what they were doing calls to action. Now I can get on my soapbox about this because as contractors, we don't always care about the marketing funnel, <laughs> right? So the marketing funnel, of course, the widest part of the funnel, the very very top part of the funnel, is where the majority of people live mm. because they don't need our service. Only when they need our service are they at the very bottom of that funnel. Yet so many contractors only focus on tactics to grab people at the bottom of the funnel. Whereas if you adapt, if you adopt a marathon strategy where you know not everyone needs you right now, but you start right now building your brand. So if you can just equalize your marketing budget, you know you need to brand for longevity, for long-term success, for positioning in the market, for you know all, all the fancy buzzwords, you know you need to do it call to action, we get so distracted by that with any new shiny item that comes across our face. So especially if we're in lots of like uh, social media groups or best practice groups, if someone says that they drove their van backwards down the road, dressed like a leprechaun waving an American flag and 500 people called me, Contractors all over the world are buying leprechaun suits and driving backwards and waving American flags because it was like, oh, that worked for him. Let me do it. I need to go do it right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I need to go do that right now. Let me go drive backwards up and down the highway. And it's really because if we have no strategy in place, everything looks better than what we're doing because we don't know what we're doing. 
So just don't get distracted by those shiny things. So that's kind of where I start. What are you doing for branding? And what are you doing for calls to action? And are those aligned and correct? Mm. Or are those really every bit that we spend is going towards calls to action? Yeah, that is an excellent point. And I see that a lot, especially on the Facebook side of things, you know, the tune up in particular, like having those very specific financially motivated incentives, which don't always really do it when you're, you know, getting in front of someone for the very first time, you know? And like social media is a good example of, you know, you got to give things time to marinate. So people want to launch a social media ad and in 20 minutes have five leads booked. And I'm like, that that's not how it works, right? Like, And what it is, is we've been told, somebody told somebody that told somebody else how good this worked for Joe down the street. And so why is it not working that way for me? Well, it probably didn't work that way for Joe. He just, you know, told you this. So uh, a lot of times we just have to like get into a strategy and get into the tactics. So if you're going to choose social media marketing, it's fantastic for building brand awareness and interrupting a the view of potential clients by being in their scroll and being in the feed on social media. Fantastic approach. What you choose to put on social media also depends on what you're trying to drive growth in. Are you trying to drive maintenance leads or replacement leads or are you trying to hire? Whatever you're trying to do, you have to give it time to be successful. And pushing and pulling on it a lot doesn't do anything but irritate the algorithm. That's what I think. Yeah, absolutely. So if you have a company that's like, okay, Crystal, I want to aggressively grow. I want to be the number one contractor in my market, where do you start to figure out how they can appeal to their end customer? So a lot of times I I like to have a conversation about what is their position in the market? So are you the quality guy? Like everything's about quality, which to me, I know that that means I'm the highest person in the market, but I'm very high quality. So if you're going to be the most expensive guy in the market, great, do it, own it, own it like a boss. That also means you have to deliver like a boss. Your CSRs have to answer like a boss. Everything needs to be at that level. If you're trying to sell super, super high-end stuff, which is great, and your craftsmanship is going to be perfect, but then your CS, the customer experience is lacking, your marketing will, will only perform at half capacity, in my opinion. And so I really think that that is a safe understanding. So if I can understand what your position is now, some people are the loss leader. They, they like to get into every home with a low cost maintenance tune up or drain clearing or whatever. And so if that's going to be your space, then you're going to have to take the good with the bad, right? The unqualified buyer, but you're getting into a lot of homes. So you got to make the most of it and you've got to own it. So I always like to start there. Like what is their position in the market currently? And then who are the dominators? Um, just by essential, simple searching and a little FBI investigating work, <laughs> you know, I can get in there and figure out this guy's probably dominating the market. This guy has 750 reviews while you have seven, right? So I can go in and do a little competitive analysis uh, and there audit your existing things. And then nine times out of 10, your problems are probably from your digital exposure. Um, there's a problem with you have a website, but you're not paying for any SEO. You have a paid ads that you think or you have PPC, but really your PPC budget's $350. Well, then you don't have PPC. Right. So as a matter of fact, I want to tell you, just take your $350 and hold it. 
Hold it until you have $1,500. Just hold it five months. And when you have $1,500, then go buy it. Because you're literally, even though some of you are like, well, I do, I dabble. If you dabble, you dribble. It's terrible. You're not. So you're better off waiting until you have a decent, I'm not telling you, you got to have $10,000, but you need to have a decent amount to go after. So I I come in and I'm going to start with their digital presence. So understanding how they're positioned in the market. And then what does their digital presence look like? Normally by those two factors, I can tell what we need to do. Like, Hey, you have zero brand awareness. People don't know who you are. People don't know what's going on. A lot of times you can pull data of who's pulling the most permits for those people that actually follow rules and pull permits. Right. <laughs> Sales by region and things like that. Just trying to see like how much of the market that you're holding. That's kind of where I start. And it doesn't sound fun at all, but I actually love it. And a lot of people underestimate how small they really are in the grand scheme of things. A lot of contractors think, how do people not know who I am? And I'm like, yeah, they don't. They don't. Because if I were to ask you to ask a heating and air conditioning contractor and say, well, name all the landscapers in the mar- in your market. Name all the roofers. Name all the people that can do tile work. Name all the people that do trash can delivery. You're going to name a few people, but you know who you're going to name? The freaking people that brand. Unless your buddy is the gutter guy. And so it's. I try to use that sometimes like, Yes, you people should know. People should know what everyone does, but they don't. They only we're a time of need service. So they only need us when they need it. So we have to work really hard. So that that's kind of where I start is where do you sit as it is? But as far as tactics go, website and digital, social media, I'm going to be all up in your business looking and seeing what you're doing. Right. So from a practical standpoint, you know, if a company's like, "Okay, I get it, Crystal." I got to get my brand out there. People need to know me. What does that look like? How do they go about branding their company once they know their position and how they want to put themselves forward? Well, so I'm a little old school, which nobody likes to hear, but hey, it works. To me, branding is a multitude of things. So get your story together. Why do you do what you do? And some people will say, well, Crystal, I mean, there's just, I'm just a guy that my dad started it and now I do it. My son's coming up. Oh, so you're a three generations company. Yeah. Well, my son got out of the army. Oh, he's a veteran. So now you're veteran owned third generation. Like I just built your story in two minutes. Don't just because you don't have this big sob story doesn't mean you don't still have a story. So you need to put that story into motion. You need to give it life. You need to give it pomp and circumstance. You need to make it enchanting. It's not about lying. It's about really writing down where you really came from and what you've done. And then what does your brand look like as far as logo, colors, mascots, or signatures, or whatever you've got? And then how can I really take that into the marketplace? So a lot of people say, well, our our brand, I mean, that's on my website. That's not branding. Branding is what you want people to think about you in the market. So if I want people to think that we are family owned and operated for three generations, that's a very traditional approach. So you know what I do? Very traditional things. We do daddy daughter dinners, but I also have a mascot. And so he is at anything I can put him at. Sailor Mac is our mascot, my brother's company's mascot. 
And he is at every downtown trick-or-treat, handing out treats to kids and taking pictures. Our vans are pulling trailers in Christmas parades. Our billboard campaign is not a sales campaign. It's a branded telling the story about Sailor Mac. It all started with a hat. And the story is behind how my grandfather traded his sailor hat for his technician hat, right? And it's it's just all a braided piece. So I push that same message into the market. I have another client out of Oklahoma who is very trendy. He's bright pink and he's got the pink Van Tex and he's got a dog. That's what his legacy club, that's what his membership club is named after. And just got all these cool things. So for him, guess what we do? Anything and everything we can do for pink. And so I encourage you to look for opportunities. I saw some really cool stuff yesterday, like uh, your vans. Could you go out and deliver the toys at Christmas time for Toys for Tots in your van? Drive your van and then jump out and have on a Santa Claus hat and deliver. Do all of these things so people start to understand. If you have a tagline that's really creative, like, um, you know, um, making the most out of comfort, then I would be doing all kinds of things around the word comfort. Like I'd be giving away recliners and fun stuff to just reiterate my brand. Um, And that's just boots on the ground marketing style. And it's not immediate. And it's not where, well, gosh, dog, I just went and drove my van around and delivered three presents and look at all these calls I'm getting. That's not what it's about. It's about longevity and building that brand using things like community outreach, when you're doing social media, are you branding yourself? So if you want to be the traditional wholesome company, then that's the kind of content you should be putting out. I wouldn't be putting out super like, um, let's say you want to put a meme out there and it's featuring alcohol, but you're in the Bible belt down here in East Texas. And that's not on brand for us. So we wouldn't use that meme. I don't care if you use that meme. That's not just not my brand. So your brand is way more than just a logo. Way, way more. It's a lot. It's much more about who you are instead of what you're doing. So you need to use it to tell people, make sure your vans are and vehicles are wrapped, that they're clean, that they're organized. If you drive up, to an install job and your guys get out with untucked shirts and torn pants, smoking cigarettes and letting them hang out of the side of their mouth and trash falls out and they rut up the yard. You know what they're thinking? That's how my install is going to look just like that. Right. So your brand is so important across everything. So don't get lazy with it. Yeah. I love that. Do you ever find that your clients question the return on their branding? It, it makes them a little more nervous. Um, but honestly, so I have a lot of a lot of clients that are in some best practice groups, some wonderful best practice groups, Service Nation Alliance, Praxis, a lot of EGIA members, some Nexstar members. And what it does is I think it makes them aware that branding is is where it is at for long-term success. Now, if you're trying to be in and out of a business in two years, branding is going to be a struggle unless you're going to dump. into marketing. But for the majority of of us and contractors, we're just trying to build a solid company that will stand the test of time. And so, yeah, it's always scary, right? It's always scary because I tell people marketing is a game. I don't have this magical crystal ball that knows exactly how to kill the game on marketing in every single market for every single trade. 
So what I do is I put math before marketing and we start looking at what do you need to generate leads? What does your operations side look like? And then how are we going to make it work? And then we put pencil to paper and we say, okay, this looks like this is what your budget's going to be. We need to allocate at least 40% of this, 50% of your budget to digital because that's where everybody's going. But then the the other 50%, a chunk of that needs to be for branding. And it is overall, your new customer acquisition for the year should grow because of what we're doing for branding. But we need to be intentional and organized with that branding play not so haphazard. And when you put dedication and you put thought and organization and strategy into things, you may have to tweak it here and there, but for the most part, it's going to work. Yeah. Love that. Awesome. So when a company is doing some more of the like call to action style things, have you found that there are certain, I don't know, offers or incentives that really seem to work in that regard? On the calls to action. So I always encourage them. They need to have a very good, um, like a maintenance of some sort. Like if you're doing like a drain clearing offer for plumbers, okay? A drain clearing offer for plumbers scares the crap out of plumbers because they're like, well, what if it's here? Or what what if it's a bigger problem? I'm like, well, then you just knocked on the door of a client that had a big problem. Figure it out. (laughs) You're there. Figure it out, you know, Uh, but I'm going to say that as far as like these calls to action, just set a price and say, you know what I'm going to run all year long is this tune up offer. And I'm going to run it all year long at $66 or $86 or $112. And I'm going to run it across all of my tactics. So if you're doing social media ads, you would say, hey, kick off spring with a $66 AC inspection. And that same verbiage is going to be across my digital ads. It's going to be across my social media, organic posting. It's on my website and I just run it, run it all for new customer acquisition. And then on the replacement side for the HVAC industry and for the repiping and things like that of clients, I'm a big fan of something to grab their attention. I don't think anyone wakes up and is scrolling and goes, oh my gosh, you know what today is a great day to do? Spend $15,000 on an AC unit. I think today's a great day. Yeah, that don't happen. So I I always like to do something kind of fun to engage the buyer. So, hey, right now we're doing gas, cash for gas. So if you purchase a new system from Crystal's Heating and Air Conditioning Company, we're going to give you up to $500 in a Visa cash card. Go spend it on uh, gas to go on vacation or whatever. Or we're doing indoor air quality. If that's a big thing in your market where people are very concerned about their indoor air quality, then why not do, hey, if you install this IAQ package at the same time we set up a new system for you, save $500. Um, and you need to be priced appropriately to have some skin in the game here of not, don't get crazy. But I think you kind of can be a little kitschy with uh, the fun things. If that's not your style, then stick to payment. Payment factor is a big thing for people right now. People are scared to let go of a lot of their cash. So you might say, hey, right now we've got 12 months, no interest. We've got three months, no payments. We've got payments as low as $99. We've got, you know, all the payment factor things that come from some really good financing partners, you know? So there's lots of cool things that you can do there, but I think 0% financing for X amount of time is a good offer. It's an expensive offer to the contractor, right? That buy down is expensive, but 
I do think if if you've got if you're priced correctly and it's making the phone ring and you're still making margins, run with it. Not every market does that work well in, but people want. I, I, I my joke all the time is I really want to walk around conferences and hand out silver bullet squishies because that's what everybody wants somebody to have. Like everybody will eyes on me because they think I have a silver bullet. My silver bullet is spend and consistency. Because what this client does in a metro market and what this client does on the East Coast, West Coast, in the deep South, in the deep, in the high North, you know, in a very metro market, very rural market, when I offer two services, one service, when I've got 50 texts, when I've got three texts, it is what works. I mean, if you have a client come to you and say, I do social media advertising, that is like saying to introduce yourself by saying, I'm a girl. That could mean a million things nowadays. So you do social media advertising. Tell me about that. Because they're going to tell you, well, I spend like $20 a day and they're going to think that they're killing it. Right. Right. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I have clients that spend $1,000 a day. Right. So it, it's just keeping it all relevant to where you are. Speed and consistency, I think, or sorry, spend and consistency. I think those are two things that not a lot of contractors necessarily think about. No, and they don't want to hear it, girl. They don't. <laughs> I know they're listening right now. Like they just want me to spend a bunch of money, or or there's a contractor somewhere going. Well, I've grown. I've grown by thirty percent year over year, and I spend two percent in marketing. Well, I tell you what, what got you here won't get you there. And if someone ever comes into your market that does spend aggressively, it will steamroll. Trust me, because I have clients right now steamrolling that are three years old just steamrolling over. They start off with me and say, there's this really established company, but they don't do much marketing, but they're who everybody uses. So I was like, well, give me six months. Give me six months. And in six months, it's like, uh uh-oh, now they know we're here. So then you'll see them start picking up their marketing because nobody's pushing the envelope. Nobody's getting aggressive about marketing in a lot of markets. Those of you that live in a metro market, I mean, it's just dog eat dog world there. But a lot of there's a lot of markets right now that are underserved with true valid advertising tactics from home service companies. Mm, absolutely. So I know you hinted at this a little bit before in terms of you know making sure your customer experience matches your marketing and your positioning. What do you see that a lot of companies need to do to prepare for the marketing that they're going to be doing? operationally, you need to be prepared. So it is not going to help you. If you have operational problems, it's not going to help you to add marketing to it. As a matter of fact, that's going to compound it. So I like to tell people what you really need to do is take a look at your operations first and say, am I prepared? Do I have a good CSR, a good dispatcher, a good lead program? Do I have a program where everyone knows how to flip over leads? Do I have a good program of do we is my CSR booking the call when the phone rings? Is her booking right? Or do I need to spend more time just getting my team ready? Um, do, are my technicians bought in and sold on my maintenance program? Because if we're going to run a promotion around a maintenance tune-up that's $59, it costs most of you more than $59 to roll a truck. So it is imperative that your technicians are trained well enough on your maintenance club to flip those maintenance tune-ups to the, at the very least, the clubs. And so maybe take a step back and look and get prepared internally. A lot of people call me and they'll say, hey, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I didn't know that anyone 
organized marketing for contractors. And I don't have to leave my current vendors. I'm so excited. And I'm going to go, tell me about your business. Tell me about your operations. And a lot of times they'll go, well, hmm, I got some problems or I've got some turnover. Or they're going to say things like, you know, we've re- I hired a coach and we've really made a lot of ground up. Both of them per- perk my ears up, but for different reasons. <laughs> Mainly because in truthful honesty, like I'm an HVAC baby. I mean, I was born into this, my grandpa and my dad. So I've lived the life of my dad being a, a heating and air conditioning technician when I was growing up, my brother. And, you know, and I, I know I don't want to waste contractors money by doing their marketing when it's not good. All it's going to do is call into an unorganized team on the backside. Yeah. So our job is to make the phone ring, but literally once a CSR connects that call, it is out of my hands. And that frustrates me to no end because I want to come in and be like, dude, or sis, we need some work here. And a lot of times I'll still do it. I'll say, hey, like I'm listening to these calls and we did great. We had some great calls coming in, but we couldn't book or I've listened to people, uh, respond and say, well, you know what? We're booked for three or four days out. Why don't you call? And they'll name a competitor down the street. Or they'll be like, we got two guys out with COVID. I don't have anybody that can come out there right now. Or or my favorite, I've had contractors before that the CSR does not have permission to book the call. Oh, and I'm like, no. tell me why, sir. So, you know, well, let me take your name and number. And then I'm going to have Sue call you back. She's at lunch right now. I mean, I would love to book your call, but Sue, you know, she's the only one that books. No, ma'am. People need to be getting their act like you booked it. I don't care if you actually put it in the computer. Act like you booked it when people. Oh, and the plumbing side can get me more riled up (laughs) because that's normally people calling you because they have a major problem. There's water everywhere. There's poo everywhere. There's some major problems. And you want to say, can we call you back? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not going to help anything. No. (laughs) So. Anyway, it's just a struggle for me. Like what in the world? So I'm going to say operations, number one. Number two would be knowing your numbers and stop being scared. Mm. Make a plan built around your goal number. So here's another shocker that I feel like a lot of people don't know. If they did $1 million last year, they want to build their marketing plan around $1 million for this year. And I'll say, so you don't want to grow? Well, yeah, I want to grow. Okay, well, you only budgeted to make this $1 million. That's what you did last year. Oh, well, I want to do 1.5. Okay. So then we need to budget to for 1.5. Oh, so you need to budget for the year that you're for your year you're shooting for, mm. not the year you just completed. You don't need that number. You already hit that. Right. <laughs> you don't need to go there. So just know your numbers, work on your operations, and then leave things to the professionals. So if you're getting a new website, stop telling the website company how to do their job. Mm. Give a little bit of input, but Getting so deep in the weeds about this word and that word and that color and that line and that box, guys, let people be the professional, hold them accountable for meeting deadlines and hitting SEO and things like that. But y'all nitpick people to death over things that are not that important to the overall success of the campaign. Uh, So pick your battles. And if you're trusting a website company to do it, then you need to trust them to do it. If you don't trust them, you need a new company. Definitely. So just using that. I love that. Well, Crystal, I feel like there has been so much jam-packed into this interview, and I know our listeners are going to want to connect with you. So how can they learn more about you and Lemon Seed Marketing? Sure. So 
Um, Living Seed Marketing was born for, <laughs> for the home service contractor, but they can learn all about me at lemonseedmarketing.com. That is because we bring all things zesty and fresh to your marketing budget. And we help you squeeze the most out of it. All of our fun lemonade puns there. But that is a one easy way. But my email is pretty simple. Crystal at lemonseedmarketing.com or hello at lemonseedmarketing.com. Feel free to reach out to us online. Um, I'd love for them to listen to our podcast as well from the Yellow Chair podcast is me and my partner, Emily, who is a fantastic graphic designer and brand specialist. And she and I together are the faces behind the company. But I would love to talk to anyone about how we can help them structure their marketing and just get organized and planned and It's so exciting. Y'all don't like it, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Thank you, Crystal. And we'll put all your contact information in the show notes so anybody listening can check it out there. But this has been fantastic. I'm so appreciative of your time. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, yes, ma'am. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Tools. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love if you could also share this episode with a fellow contractor who is ready to get off the tools and grow their business. And if you want more leads, sign up for our email list at reflectivemarketing.com, where we share weekly marketing insights that you can't get anywhere else. I'm Crystal Hobbs, and I hope you'll join me on the next episode of Beyond the Tools. See you next time.